0: War and Peace, Book Twelve, Chapter Nine, read for LibriVox.org by Laurie Walden The officer and soldiers who had arrested Pierre treated him with hostility but yet with respect in the guardhouse to which he was taken. In their attitude toward him could still be felt both uncertainty as to who he might be, perhaps a very important person, and hostility as a result of their recent personal conflict with him but when the guard was relieved next morning pierre felt that for the new guard both officers and men he was not as interesting as he had been to his captors and in fact the guard of the second day did not recognize in this big stout man in a peasant coat the vigorous person who had fought so desperately with the marauder and the convoy and had uttered those solemn words about saving a child they saw in him only number seventeen of the captured russians arrested and detained for some reason, by order of the higher command. If they noticed anything remarkable about Pierre, it was only his unabashed meditative concentration and thoughtfulness and the way he spoke French, which struck them as surprisingly good. In spite of this, he was placed that day with the other arrested suspects, as the separate room he had occupied was required by an officer. All the Russians confined with Pierre were men of the lowest class, and recognizing him as a gentleman they all avoided him more especially as he spoke french pierre felt sad at hearing them make fun of him that evening he learned that all these prisoners he probably among them were to be tried for incendiarism on the third day he was taken with the others to a house where a french general with a white mustache sat with two colonels and other frenchmen with scarves on their arms with the precision and definiteness customary in addressing prisoners and which is supposed to preclude human frailty pierre like the others was questioned as to who he was where he had been with what object and so on these questions like questions put at trials generally left the essence of the matter aside shut out the possibility of that essence's being revealed and were designed only to form a channel through which the judges wished the answers of the accused to flow so as to lead to the desired result namely a conviction as soon as pierre began to say anything that did not fit in with that aim the channel was removed and the water could flow to waste pierre felt moreover what the accused always feel at their trial perplexity as to why these questions were put to him He had a feeling that it was only out of condescension or a kind of civility that this device of placing a channel was employed. He knew he was in these men's power, that only by force had they brought him there, that force alone gave them the right to demand answers to their questions, and that the sole object of that assembly was to inculpate him. And so, as they had the power and wish to inculpate him, this expedient of an inquiry and trial seemed unnecessary, It was evident that any answer would lead to conviction. When asked what he was doing when he was arrested, Pierre replied, in a rather tragic manner, that he was restoring to its parents a child he had saved from the flames. Why had he fought the marauder? Pierre answered that he was protecting a woman, and that to protect a woman who was being insulted was the duty of every man, that they interrupted him, for this was not to the point. Why was he in the yard of a burning house where witnesses had seen him? He replied that he had gone out to see what was happening in Moscow. Again they interrupted him. They had not asked where he was going, but why he was found near the fire. Who was he? they asked, repeating their first question, which he had declined to answer. Again he replied that he could not answer it. Put that down. That's bad, very bad sternly remarked the general with the white mustache and red, flushed face. On the fourth day, fires broke out on the Zubovsky rampart. Pierre and thirteen others were moved to the coach-house of a merchant's house near the Crimean Bridge. On his way through the streets, Pierre felt stifled by the smoke which seemed to hang over the whole city. Fires were visible on all sides. He did not then realize the significance of the burning of Moscow, and looked at the fires with horror. He passed four days in the coach-house near the Crimean Bridge, and during that time learned, from the talk of the French soldiers, that all those confined there were awaiting a decision which might come any day from the marshal. What marshal this was, Pierre could not learn from the soldiers. Evidently, for them, the marshal represented a very high and rather mysterious power. These first days before the eighth of September, when the prisoners were had up for a second examination, were the hardest of all for Pierre. End of chapter nine. This recording is in the public domain.